Hello and welcome back to the Tennis Podcast. My name is Brandon. It's not. I'm... Oh, sorry. I, I was reading the wrong part of our script. I'm actually Nick. I'm Nick and I am a hot dog pervert. <laughs> okay. I'm Brandon. I'm not Nick. I'm Brandon. Not a hot dog pervert. Now we know you're off script. This is the podcast where... Uh, this is a dark true crime podcast. <clears throat> oh, hang on. Wrong script again. This is a podcast where Brandon and myself come and one of us has a top 10 list and the other tries to guess. And I have the top 10 list this week. Brandon does not know the topic Mm-mm. and he will try to guess on the spot along with you. What did you call them in our pre-production meeting? Uh, list- fucking nerds. No, fucking nerds. Hang on. I, yeah, fucking nerds is what I have written down that you said. I would never say that. I said listeners, like some other podcasters uh, or creators. I'm very uncomfortable with the word fan. Why? Well, for one, I think fan denotes some sort of adoration that we are completely undeserving of. Uh, but listener is something uh, you can do really casually without much emotional buy-in. Well, it's also a fact. They are a listener if they're listening. Yeah. They might not be a fan, but they are definitely a listener. Brandon, how was your Valentine's Day? Uneventful. Cool. We don't do Valentine's Day at my house. Is that like an agreed upon thing or just it goes without saying? It is agreed upon, but every year someone asks me, are you sure your wife is agreeing upon it? I mean, neither one of us are, are too into uh, to Valentine's Day. We don't like walk around crapping on it and, or... Right. Puffing out our chest about it. <laughs> but no, we don't. I'm sure your wife is able to puff out her chest because when you inflate her and deflate her. Sure. I have an entire inflatable family. <laughs> entire inflatable. The, my, yeah, I went to my, my inflatable kindergartner's Valentine's Day party today. <laughs> and uh, got and everyone's just like looking at you at the side of their eye like, who is this man with the inflatable child? Keep those scissors away from my son. <laughs> I love it. I mean, we... <laughs> He's a hemophiliac. I want to explore the inflatable child, uh, inflatable family. My inflatable so, family. So, in your everyday life, is it known to you that your family's inflatable or are you in denial? There's, there's two sides to every coin. So, I know that they're inflatable, but I figure that's just why they're so easy for me to um, take yeah. care of and tend to. I'll tell you the, the best thing about inflatable children... They can't fucking whine in the car when the road trip is longer than three minutes. If you sit on them like a whoopee cushion, they will. And you, you also don't got to clean their asses. That's true. God bless. Someone's always shitting, pissing, or barfing over here. Yeah. And think about the, the grocery budget is drastically reduced. Um, all you got to do is buy inflatable air, uh, you know, inflatable, what are the uh, air pressure things. Uh, that's their food source. I prefer to use my lips. Oh, God. I don't have to buy very much yogurt or grapes to feed children. I just... <laughs> grapes. I have to buy uh, electrical tape and other plastic patching. Sure. Uh, for your inflatable wife, does she wear lipstick on Valentine's Day? Uh, only if I dramatically apply it. And you know what the best part about an inflatable wife is? Hmm. She... Uh, Puts out whenever you want, am I right? <laughs> no. My inflatable wife won't touch me. <laughs> you got she can't do the dishes though. I, you gotta, I have to imagine that somewhere in the world there's one of those guys who bought those. Um, you know what a real doll is? A re- no. A real doll 
It's like a lifelike human-sized sex doll. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen pictures or like a video on how they're made. Like they have kind of like a, a lightweight metal skeleton inside so that they're, you know, they have a weight to them and they're poseable. But I got to imagine that there's a guy out there who bought one of those. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys who bought one, I'm sure. But there's a guy who's bought one of those. <laughs> he bought the doll, but the doll won't touch him. <laughs> He's constantly... Rubbing her leg and trying to get in there, bringing her treats and stuff. But he's like, she's just not. Bringing her treats. (laughs) Is that what you do with your real wife? You bring her treats? Sure, there's treats for everybody. I know she listens to this show and... uh... This is all imaginary. This is all theater of the mind. My family isn't inflatable. (sighs) They're human. I, I have one more quick topic before we get to the top 10 list. Yeah. I did a Twitter poll on my Twitter account, and that's my Twitter account, at Nick underscore Amel, E-M-E-L. And I asked, who is the best of the Seinfeld four? Mm-hmm. I want you to get, tell me your guess for what people chose. Not your favorite. Yeah. I want to know what you think people chose. Give me the order. I guess people chose Kramer first, and then George, and then Jerry, and then Elaine. Almost. It was Kramer and then George, and then Elaine, and then Jerry. Okay. Well, that's better. That's more favorable for Elaine. Look, I th- they are all funny. They all have their moments. But overall, if you want to go uh, pound per pound, the most laughs, the most interesting situations to get in and out of, uh, the most quotes, the most uh, interesting side characters that the characters uh, bring in to the Seinfeld world, then the, my list would be George. Jerry, Elaine, and then Kramer. Uh, George is also my my pick, but I'll say that I disagree on the side. That the last thing you said, where whoever brings in the, the best side characters is George. Mm-hmm. And other than Frank and Estelle, his parents, which are granted the yeah. two of the best side characters in the show, I'd argue Frank is the the best side character in the show. But other than those two, George doesn't really bring anybody in. Whereas Kramer has like a different <laughs> buddy every episode. What about uh, what about Crap. I, I just had it on the top of oh, Kruger from Kruger Industrial Smoothing. Uh, yeah, he's good. A, a, of all the characters that are not, that probably only appear in like five or fewer episodes. No, he's in more than that, isn't he? Is he? Probably like 10. Kruger from Kruger Industrial Smoothing is right up there for me. Yeah, I love Kruger. He just doesn't give a shit. And Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner. I guess you're right. Yeah, but I think I, I just can't. Listen, anyone who puts Kramer last. I mean, Kramer's not my first, but he can't be last. Then who would be last, Jerry? Well, I'll, I love them all, like you said, but I think last is Elaine for me. I think there is a good argument also to be made for Jerry being last because uh, someone pointed out, I didn't come up with this off uh, myself, but even, you know, his job is a comedian in the show, but amongst his friends, Jerry generally plays the straight man. Yeah, but he also, the way he he plays a straight man is also very entertaining. His advice and his... He's funny no matter what he does. He's not going to be able to help it. In fact, I guess his his comedy thing is that he is the straight man who just happens to have funnier, funny observations and funny jokes, but he doesn't portray himself to be anything. Well, I guess in the show, they all have some sort of psychosis. Yeah. Speaking of psychosis, let's move on before we lose all of our non-Seinfeld listeners. And I'm going to reveal the list this week to you. The, we, this week... Reveal yourself to me. 
Uh, yeah, and in a different way than I revealed myself to you this morning. We are going to be covering the top 10-ish best-selling video game consoles of all time. Hell yeah. I couldn't be more pumped for this list. In fact, I spent more time on hashtag Nick's notes for this episode than I have on any other. I got a ton of notes, maybe too many. You'll have to tell me if that's the case. (laughs) Your kids had to get an inflatable dad. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And trust me, he's doing a way better job. So, in in our very first episode, Brandy, when we were Uh brand new at this, we covered the top 10 best-selling video game franchises of all time. Right. Remains one of our most popular episodes to date. One of my favorites to record. Yeah. I love the subject of video games. I love the subject. Any subject that is widely shared pop culture, I think is going to be fun for us and fun for our inflatable listeners. Inflatable listeners, yeah. It's a growing audience segment for us. Literally, every time we puff air into them, they're growing. So, this is our first time returning to the video game industry since episode one. Best-selling video game consoles. Now, a couple of things here. This is based on number of units sold, Mm -hmm. not dollars. Right. So, the actual number of systems. And this is inclusive of any and every console ever created, including the really early ones that almost no one ever talks about. Right. But, you know, most of the mainstream ones are going to be in the you know, modern day mainstream ones are going to be here. I have the top 25 in front of me and my source for this is uh, GameSpot.com had a blog and I actually took a lot of my notes from there. I want to give credit to the author of this article. Let me find his name. Jimmy Thang. (laughs) (laughs) Thang. Jimmy Thang wrote this. Thanks, Jimmy. This blog on GameSpot.com. He is my main source for this. I also took notes from TheGamer.com. And supplemented with Wikipedia as well as my own knowledge. So, for every console on here, I have a number of notes including my favorite game from each console. I actually want to do this in a different way. Okay. I want you to, instead of trying to guess what you think number one or the top few are, I want you to start by guessing what you think is at the bottom of the top 25. Okay. I kind of thought about doing that too because I have a pretty strong guess for number one. I'll bet it's wrong. All right, asshole. <laughs> Number one really surprised me. Okay. And also, okay, one last thing and then we'll get started. Okay. Uh, just for context, the number one console on this list mm-hmm. has sold 155 million units, which is, that's almost half of the American population. Oh, I'm thinking. Number one has sold 155 million units. Number 20, I'll just pick out one. Number 20 has sold 22 million. So, big gap there. All right, go ahead. What do you think is near the bottom of the top 25? Hold on, I've been making a list of video game systems that I know off the top of my head. And let me just count how many I know off the top of my head, how many we have to work with here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, I, I can think of 21 off the top of my head. Yeah, this includes handhelds. Do you have those on there? Right, yeah. I put, that's what I just thought of a moment ago. Towards the bottom of the list, how about 16-bit Sega Genesis? Sega Genesis is number 17. Ooh. You know, in the second half of the top 25, but not quite near the bottom. Uh, when I was in, uh, I don't know, third grade or so, most kids fell into one of two categories. You either owned a 16-bit Sega Genesis or a 16-bit Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. We had a Sega Genesis and the games were fine. You, most of the games that you could get on one console, you could also get on another or you could get different versions. Right. Uh, for instance, the Jurassic Park game for Super Nintendo 
is just okay. But the Super the Jurassic Park game for Sega Genesis had nearly, well, for the time, what seemed to be lifelike uh, animation. I was a Sega guy. Uh, we, my parents bought a Sega and I was constantly pining for that Super Nintendo. <laughs> but I made a, so you know, a few years ago, Nintendo released that uh, classic edition. And yeah. for like 30 or 40 bucks, you had 30 games on this pre-programmed Nintendo. Uh, I bought one of those and it was fun, but I, there were games that were not on there. So, I, I built a little retro gaming station uh, or console and I would encourage anybody out there who has like an extra, I don't know, I think it was like ended up being a total of 70 or $80. Uh, Raspberry Pi is this type of very tiny, tiny computer for I think less than 40 bucks. 40 or 50 bucks, you could get this tiny computer. It's basically a single board and it has uh, USB ports and an Ethernet port. It does Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And then you can go online and just Google, you know, how to build RetroPie. RetroPie is an operating system you could put on it. Let's just go through the steps right here, right now. Go through the whole thing. Oh my God, it's so convoluted. But for very little money, you can make your own retro gaming console. Uh, so, now I've got uh, all those Super Nintendo games that I missed out on, Sega games that I fondly remember, Nintendo games. Um, there's some Nintendo 64 games. I highly encourage anyone with the, uh, the smallest bit of technical aptitude to search it out. I just followed a YouTube video that uh, described how to do it. It's awesome. For just a little bit more than Nintendo is charging, you can have any game you want. Well, thanks for taking us through a Nintendo uh, thing when we're talking about the Sega Genesis. <laughs> when we're talking about Sega. I'm surprised that Sega is not in the top 10 because of how it seemed ubiquitous when I was a child. Yeah. Everyone had a, either Sega or Super Nintendo, so I'd think 50% of kids. Or both. Yeah. Yeah, rich, rich, spoiled kids. But you'll be surprised Nintendo outsold uh, Sega Genesis quite a bit. Let me tell you about Sega Genesis. So, it's number 17 on this list, best-selling consoles ever. It was released in 1988, which is, uh, I don't know, for some reason I thought it was like 91 or something. Yeah, same here. It sold 31 million units. What do you think its launch price was when it was first released? God, uh, it was probably over 100 bucks. Is it $149? 189 God damn. Uh, its success was in large part due to the fact that it supported over 900 games, including mm -hmm. the most popular series on the console, Sonic the Hedgehog. As you mentioned, it competed against the Super Nintendo and also something called the Turbo Graphics 16 uh -huh. and the Neo Geo. I forgot about Neo Geo. Um, and some notable games, I took this from that blog on GameSpot.com. Notable games were Earthworm Jim, which I guess was a Sega franchise first. Yeah. I remember playing it on Super Nintendo though. The Sonic series, of course, Echo the Dolphin, Joe <laughs> Montana Football, and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Mortal Kombat was my first experience with getting my ass handed to me on a video game. Yeah. I was never ever good at Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or any fighting game. I never learned the moves. I would just mash buttons and get my ass kicked and rage quit every time. Rage quit. I was good at solo player and I would think I'm good. I would like beat the story mode and then I'd play against a friend and get my ass kicked. Yeah. Well, that's how I do uh, with, uh, with games now. I'll play you know, Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption and think I'm Billy Badass and then I get online and 
what do those kids do? A 360 no scope? I love how you call them kids when, but I mean, sometimes they are kids, but sometimes they're like 28. Well, it's... It is a kid to you, I guess. It's a grandkid <laughs> to you. <laughs> so, yeah. More, Sega Genesis was also like one of the first times I knew. And your thumbs are not up to par, bro. Brandon's thumbs, great for sticking them up his own ass, but not great for Sega Genesis. Great for hitchhiking. What's your favorite Sega game on the Sega Genesis? Hmm. Mine is Sonic. I got to go with the original Sonic. I can't remember which Sonic was, but the one where they introduced Tails and you- I think that was two, but I'm not positive. Yeah, probably like Sonic and Tails or, um, I mean, I just recently played it the other day. Do you have the Sega Genesis? No, I, I mean, it's it's on that RetroPie system. Oh, oh. I have quite a few Sega games loaded up on there. I tried a lot of games that I was, wasn't even aware of as a kid or uh, wasn't able to get my hands on. And there are some games that are just brutally difficult. For, for a controller that only has three buttons, the games, there are a series of Star Wars games, mm -hmm. the original trilogy, uh, and then there's an Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade game. And they are, I, the Indiana Jones game, I've never gotten past the first level as, as an adult man. I mean, well, the thing about the, you know, it only had two or three buttons because most games had like combos you had to do with the buttons. Mm -hmm. And because the internet wasn't super popular back then. <laughs> she had a, had a friend or a yeah. Nintendo, ma like a, uh, what was it called? Nintendo Power Magazine. Yeah. Which you wouldn't use for a Sega game, but no, still. Yeah. Okay. Sega Genesis 17, uh, that is the highest Sega console on this entire list. Interesting. How about the GameCube? The GameCube is number 20. God damn. What? Is that low? Yeah. You, well, we're guessing low, so that's good. I know, but I'm trying to crack that top 10. Well, let me tell you, the game, I, I thought long and hard about this and I also asked this on Twitter and I'll read some answers later. But yeah. as far as favorite console, I think the GameCube is mine. And the GameCube is the one I also most associate with my teen years. The GameCube, I'm guessing, came out around like 99 or 2000? 2001. Yeah, it, it came out when I was in college and I definitely could not afford a GameCube in college. Uh, I think I only played on a GameCube like one time at someone else's house. It looked cool. I, I remember there were, it was literally a cube and it had four ports for four different controllers. And it had a handle to carry it around. Nintendo's always been into the portable thing. Yeah. You mentioned the pr it was expensive for you at the time. It's funny that when you go through this list, you'll see that Nintendo usually, if not always, has the lowest cost model compared to the modern day competitors. Mm -hmm. The GameCube launched in 2001 for $199. Although it was my favorite and a lot of people around my age, I've heard them say it's their favorite. But it was actually kind of considered a disappointment for Nintendo. My guess is it suffered at the hands of PlayStation 1. PlayStation 1 came out almost 10 years before. Oh, maybe I meant PlayStation 2. Yeah. Because I know that PlayStation 2 also came out when I was in college. I had a roommate who had one and it was kind of cool because it would also play DVDs, which had only come out like a year or two before. And that's the uh, where I played that Grand Theft Auto Vice City and fell in love with. Was that PS2? I think so, yeah. You anyway. mentioned DVD. That's going to be a theme on this list. Uh, the GameCube came out in 2001. It was Nintendo's follow-up to the N64. It launched for $199 and it sold 22 million units. Now, remember, number 17, the Genesis sold 31. So, number 20, GameCube, 22 million. 
I'm just going to read a paragraph here, so bear with me. Mm -hmm. While the system was Nintendo's first console to use optical discs without the need of an add-on device, they were a smaller propriety format made in partnership with Panasonic. These game discs stored up to Mm -hmm. 1.5 gigabytes of data, which is really small, uh, which were dwarfed by DVDs that offered up to (laughs) 8.5. Shit. Nintendo had piracy (laughs) concerns which is why they did the smaller format. And because of the small format of the discs, many cross-platform ports had to be compressed or remove features to fit on the game disc. God damn. That's really an unfortunate gamble because, I mean, I'm sure that video game piracy exists or and did exist then in some form, but I was and still am nearly completely unaware of it and I don't know anybody right yeah who pirates games so I don't know why Nintendo had a thing about that but that you'll hear that again on this list yeah maybe it was bigger in Japan that sort of thing which is Nintendo's home base mhm but yeah so the Nintendo in 2001 around that time it also competed against the PlayStation 2 as you mentioned the new first console from Microsoft the Xbox as well as the Sega Dreamcast, which was Sega's last console. Oh, I forgot about the Dreamcast. Uh, some notable games on the GameCube, I played, I think all these, are Super Mario Sunshine, which is fucking underrated Mario <laughs> game. I Super Smash Bros. Melee, which I think is the most popular of the Smash series. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, the first Pikmin, and my personal favorite game of all time on any console, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. <laughs> Which I'm glad you find that funny. No, I've, I think those games do sound fun. I'm just laughing because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They all sound like cute little ga- cute, yeah. cute games, but I've never got a chance to play any of them. I guess I could uh, load some up on my RetroPie. You never played Smash? No, I, I think I played it a, a couple times. I remember that there were, um, it was kind of like side scrolling uh, sort of in that you, it was a two dimensional view, but there were three different levels and you were punching up and punching down and fighting. Uh-huh. But no, I think that's probably what I played on GameCube uh, briefly at someone's house in college. But It's so funny yeah. how GameCube can be such a huge part of my life. And then for you, you have barely any reference for it. It's No. Yeah. So yeah, GameCube number 20. Okay, let me get serious here. How about the Game Boy? The Game Boy. Which one? Well, I have Nintendo DS li- uh, listed separately. I'm going to say the original Game Boy. So, for whatever reason, and not just on the GameSpot blog, but every single source I found for this, including Wikipedia, thegamer.com, a few others, all of them listed the Game Boy and Game Boy Color together. Okay, I can... As, as one listing. Okay. So, the Game Boy and Game Boy Color combined is number three. Hell yeah. And there's some really interesting tidbits on this. I forgot about the Game Boy Color and I was an owner of a Game Boy. I can understand why they were so popular. It was a huge deal to a young Brandon to be able to pop on some headphones and... (laughs) Does it have a headphone jack? The original? Yeah. It had a three and a half millimeter headphone jack and then just stick some double A batteries in, didn't even have to worry about finding a wall charger or whatever and then hope to God, hope to God, hope to God that you weren't driving uh, at nighttime because then you could only play when you passed a street light. Yeah, that's so weird to think about. You know, do you want to hear a, this is a a true fact. Mm -hmm. When I got the Game Boy, I was a little boy. It came out the year I was born actually but I, you know, I played it when I was five or six or something. 
the name Game Boy just sounded wrong to me. I'd always call it a boy game. <laughs> my, I, I had a, a younger cousin who cried because she didn't want a Game Boy. She wanted a Game Girl. <laughs> and I thought that... That's a good marketing. They could have come out with a Game Girl. The, that they missed an opportunity to market. And maybe they did at some point. I don't know. I don't think so. I think if we're finding out anything already is that the world of video games and consoles is much wider and more varied than any one person's experience probably allow for. So, yeah, maybe there was a game girl at some point. Yeah. <laughs> a boy game. <laughs> I love to uh, game some girls. The Game Boy, the original, came out all the way back in 1989 when you were a freshman in college. <laughs> the Game Boy Color came out in 1998. God damn. Nine years apart. They sold a combined 119 million. So, the GameCube sold 22 million and these sold 119 million. Now, think about this. The Game Boy was the first portable gaming console of any kind. Yeah. It was a huge deal, wildly popular. What do you think the launch price was? Oh, God. Whatever, I, whatever the answer is, it's going to make me depressed thinking about my parents saving up to buy not just one but two of them because I had a brother. I'm going to guess it was uh, 120 bucks. Here's a shock. It's 89.99. You know, considering how much use that got in addition to being portable, I guess that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, if they had, if you could watch porn on it too, double the price. <laughs> Fucking tried. Uh, but the Game Boy Color, which was a smaller, more portable, lightweight color version of the Game Boy with better games, nine years later, it was $69.99. How crazy is that? Uh, yeah, I don't get it, Nintendo. That I think, I mean, obviously, it's part of their strategy to sell a bunch. And for both versions, I have a note here, the $89.99 and the $69.99 price points, those are the two lowest prices of any console in history. They competed against the Sega Game Gear, which came out in the 90s. I had a Game Gear. And I actually have more nostalgia for the Game Gear than either of these. I played the Game Gear a lot more than I played. Same here. The Game Gear was color. Yeah. And if I, I, I swear, I don't, I don't think I'm making this up, but I think there was an attachment that you could get that kind of slid into where the games went. Slid in. What, that would turn it into a, that would turn it into a TV. I, I don't know. I had not heard that. I could be getting it confused with actual tiny TVs uh, that they sold in the 90s. Are you getting it confused with Apple TV? Yeah. Because that's different than the Game Gear, Brandon. Uh, so, some notable games on Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Super Mario Land, the Pokemon series, the Pokebug series, mm -hmm. Tetris, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Metroid 2, and Donkey Kong Land. And my favorite from these consoles is the Pokemon series. <laughs> Pokemon Red and Green. No, red, red and blue, not red and green. I pay it, played a shitload of uh, Super Mario Land and Tetris. And I also like those little sports games that were just called like soccer. <laughs> sports. Baseball. I really like in uh, Super Mario Land, instead of throwing fireballs, uh, Mario threw balls that they seemed to be solid and they would bounce. Oh, yeah. Were they supposed to be fireballs? Wait, was Super Mario Land the one where you were throwing uh, rolled up bologna sandwich balls? <laughs> I think so. That's maybe that's why they bounced so well. Yeah. All right. So, you've gotten three and we got a long way to go. So, what else do you think's on here? Okay. So, Game Boy, we got Game Boy. How about the Atari? Yeah, the Atari is way back at number 18. Good. Is that lower than you thought? Uh, yeah, I'm just really concentrating on like 7 through 10. That's where I'm 
That's where I'm aiming for. So, the Atari 2600 came out all the way back in 1977 when Brandon got, was first getting married. It sold 30 million units, more than the GameCube, right below the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. What do you think its launch price was? This crazy witchcraft technology way back in 1977, what would you guess the starting price at that time would have been? Oh, man. 150 bucks? 199 God damn, that's like five or six hundred bucks in today's money. You could buy a three-bedroom apartment in New York for that money in 1977, maybe. That's so, it's so expensive, especially when you think about what the best, the most popular game on Atari. Now, if you go to Target, there's like some sort of light or projection on the floor of of Pong. You can just play with your feet for free. (laughs) You could go, just go to Target and get your fill of Pong. The price financially is free, but the price you pay and looking like a fucking idiot is high. <laughs> the price you pay when your kid cannot walk by that thing without saying, let's stop and play. Now, is that the voice you make your inflatable kid say? <laughs> Carrying him under my arm, I could, let's stop and play and I start arguing with him and, <laughs> and that's why I don't go to Target anymore. Yeah. And the other great thing about inflatable kids is you can hit them all you want. No yeah. consequences. I'm going to pop your ass when we get to the parking lot. Uh, so, the Atari 199. In 1977, oldest gaming console in the top 25, I think, uh, competed against a bunch of consoles I've literally never heard of. Tell me if you've played any of these. Is one of them the Commodore 64? No. Oh, wow. The Fair Fairchild Channel F. Mm-mm. The, Cali- the ColecoVision. ColecoVision, I did, I do, I have, I have heard of. Okay, you haven't played it? No, I can't remember... So, when I was, God, I must have been in first or second grade, there's a kid who lived across the street. His name was Elliot and Elliot had, I cannot remember whether it was a ColecoVision or Commodore 64, but I was impressed with it and then until I realized that we were playing a bunch of learning games and I was like, fuck this, I'll go play Duck Hunt at my house. (laughs) (laughs) The Bali Astrocade. Never heard of it. Magnavox Odyssey. Mm Mm-mm. Intellivision. Oh, Intellivision. Uh, that sounds familiar, but no, I don't remember it. Notable games on the Atari were Combat, Pac-Man, Air-Sea Battle, Starship, and Street Racer. Well, and Pong. And Pong, yeah. And I have never played an Atari, but I have played Pong and Pac-Man and I like them both. Uh, I have played the Atari. In fact, I think the Atari, I m- vaguely remember being very small and there being an Atari at our home. Very small. You must have been a long, long time ago. Yeah. It, uh, I remember being very small and listening to FDR's fireside chats on the radio. Oh, okay. And then listening to my favorite radio show with my decoder ring and finding out that uh, all they wanted me to do is drink more Ovaltine. Cup is round. The bottle's round. <laughs> Why not call it round team? It's gold. All right. So, the Atari number 18, what else you got? Nintendo 64. Where do you think that is? I'm hoping it's number eight. The biggest surprise on this list was the N64. Oh, God. Because it was all the way back at number 15. Kill me. Before doing this research, I would have guessed 64 is in the top five. <laughs> yeah. It's the one I most associate with my childhood. It's the one I most associate with, yeah, with kind of like the uh, my high school and first year or two of college days. Nintendo 64 is how I found out that I need glasses. Saved your life. Yeah, it saved my life. So, I remember my dad bringing home the Nintendo 64, came in a huge colorful box. 
with Mario 64 marketing and uh, stuff on the outside of it. Mario 64 blew my asshole out of my pants <laughs> because it was a three-dimensional sandbox world starring everybody's favorite little Italian stereotype. And Mario, for the first time, looked like a real cute little guy and he had moves. He could double jump, triple jump. He could kick flip off the walls. He was jumping on bad guys. He was throwing shit, climbing shit. Having an affair with Peach but, <laughs> and that penguin mom. But I'll tell you, the N that game as well as a lot of N64 games really hold up today. Yeah, I, I just played the N64 less than two weeks ago. The N64, I still play occasionally to this day and, and, and I know a lot of people that do as well. Yeah, the Nintendo 64 games are the ones that I'm having trouble getting my, the, on the retro pie, I have trouble getting the controller to work right for them. And that's, that was probably my biggest disappointment is that I wanted to play uh, Mario 64 again and I can't get the, I can't get the controller worked out, but I would gladly go through and get all, what is it, 120 or 164 stars? Yeah. 120 stars. Mario 64 is one of my favorite games of all time, but I, we got that and then around then uh, is when GoldenEye 64 came out. And mm -hmm. if you are too young or whatever to remember, that GoldenEye was a lot of people's first foray into multiplayer shooter. The graphics at the time seemed incredible. Now, they're pretty laughable. But anyway, I faked sick on a Friday so I could stay home and play uh, GoldenEye all day. Wow. Then about halfway through the day, I didn't have to fake sick anymore because I, <laughs> I had some sort of eye problems <laughs> from staring at the... TV and I got actually sick and had to start wearing glasses. What's your teacher's name? What? <laughs> I was going to get your teacher's name or your principal's name so I could report you all these years later for faking sick. I think they're all dead now. Oh, wow. Well, the N64 holds up really well and I am frustrated with Nintendo because they have the Switch and they won't, on their online eShop, they won't release any classic N64 or GameCube games. N64 came out over 20 years ago. The GameCube's going on 20 years and we still don't have those games in the eShop. It seems like they're just leaving money on the table because that would be another factor in influencing me to, to buy a Switch. The ability to buy and play uh, Mario 64, GoldenEye 64. Well, they had a lot of those on the Wii U. Yeah, and, and there's a, a Star Wars game called Shadows of the Empire that came out on the Nintendo 64 and it was, I mean, maybe there's others who feel that it was a shitty game but I loved it and I played the hell out of it and I would love to play that game again but unless I can figure out how to get my RetroPie controller worked out or Nintendo starts selling those games somehow, never going to get another chance. They will eventually. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of how much time. Uh, but I think you could buy Super Mario 64 online through the Wii U and it was like $10 or something like that. The amazing thing about the prices for these games is when the, you know, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the 8-bit, pixelated, simple, some might say kind of crappy compared to today's games. If you bought a game like, I'm trying to think of, of a game that for Nintendo Entertainment System that sounded cool but actually sucked. Almost any game that was made after a movie. So, let's say the Batman. Uh, the Batman movie game for Nintendo Entertainment System, be all excited to get it. You would pay $60. I remember at the time and the $60 at that time. It's like $1,000 now. <laughs> yeah. $60 for a shit game and then you get it home and be like, 
this is the hardest thing I've ever played. <laughs> this game sucks ass. Yeah. I can't I can't play it. I can't beat it. This is no fun and it costs $60. Well, I have a great story about getting frustrated at games that I'll save. But I'm glad you brought that up because the N64 had something working against it on this subject. What's up? It, so, it came out in 1996. It sold 33 million units, not much more than the Sega Genesis. Uh, what do you think its starting price was? A hundred or 250 bucks. No, just 199. Let me, let me uh, I'm going to do a little bit of reading here. Bear with me. While the N64 was more powerful than the PlayStation, which it competed against in many ways, it was ultimately held back by its cartridge format. Yes. Which couldn't compete with Sony's 650 megabyte CD-ROM solution. The limited cartridge format pushed away many third-party developers, most notably Squaresoft, which wanted to make large-scale games like Final Fantasy VII that required a lot of storage. Nintendo's cartridges also took a long time to produce and were expensive. As a result, games often retailed for $70 or more. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, you know, there's your reason on why the games are part of the reason why the games were so expensive. But yeah, I mean, just looking back now, I mean, of course, the price for things goes down over time. But to to put that game library together back in the day would have broke the bank. You know, despite the... Disadvantages I just mentioned, the price, the long time to produce, all that. One advantage cartridges had over CDs, which I do miss, is near non-existent loading times on games. For Nintendo 64? Yeah. Yeah. Especially like PlayStation 1 and 2, the loading times were really, could suffer the experience sometimes. Here's another fun note about the N64. It was one of the first consoles to support four controller ports without the need of an adapter. And the system ended up becoming a local multiplayer party machine. <laughs> That's what they used to call me in high school. That's a quote. No, they didn't. Uh, and I don't, I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't. And like I said earlier, I mean, me and my friends still play the N64 to this day. And yeah, it is a party machine. Yeah. In freshman year of college, we played a lot of NFL Blitz. Yes, yes. And for us, it was Mario Party and GoldenEye and Super Smash Bros. Oh, Mario Kart. That was... And Mario Kart. That was the first like 3D Mario Kart. It was a party machine. Yeah. The, I mean, the only bad thing about Nintendo 64 is it could sometimes get drunk and throw up all over your car. <laughs> Fucking party machine. That's the risk of having a party machine in your place. GoldenEye, you talked about it. It's credited with proving that consoles could produce competent first-person shooters, a genre that was nearly exclusive to PC games up until this point. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that Doom, pretty sure Doom had been popular before that. Yeah, it was the first time that I remember being able to sit down at a console with friends and play something that would lead to us physically fighting in real life. <laughs> and you'd lose. Yeah. Slappers only in real life. So, the N64, I guess I forgot this, but it competed against the Sega Saturn which was released not long before. It also competed with the, play, the original PlayStation 1. Mm -hmm. Notable games on the N64, there's a lot actually. Super Mario 64, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, which I begged yeah. my parents for. This is a great example of a game that you were talking about earlier where I begged my parents for it. Finally got it. And when I played it, it was so hard that I just stopped playing it. I remember playing Turok. It was difficult, but that was a fun... That was uh, another first-person shooter, right? Yeah. Your caveman. Uh, Donkey Kong 64. Goldeneye, Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo-Kazooie, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Super Smash Bros. Star Fox, which doesn't get talked about enough. Oh, I did play a shitload of Star Fox. Yeah. I remember it only had like eight levels or something. Yeah. It didn't take long yeah. to beat it, but it had a great multiplayer as well. 
also the Mario Party series. And my favorites for the N64, I could not pick just one. I went Super Mario 64, Paper Mario, Diddy Kong Racing, and a game we have not mentioned yet, Rampage. Did you ever play Rampage? I did play Rampage. I don't remember playing the Nintendo 64 version. I must have played either an NES. It was an arcade game as well. I, I played the arcade version, but I also had... So, I have a, a younger brother. Uh, he's three years younger than me. He was my, you know, video game partner for... Hang on. Is, was, is he hot? <laughs> Hell of an ass. <laughs> Hell of an ass on him. He was my video game partner growing up, you know. So, anytime that we could get a hold of a game that would allow us both to play at the same time, we'd take advantage of that. And Rampage uh, was one of those notable games. Another notable, very fun game. I know you wouldn't think so to play two players at the same time. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers for Nintendo Entertainment System. All right, we're done. Well, let me tell you why it was so fun. You could both play at the same time. They In the game, they don't have weapons, but <laughs> they don't have guns or nunchucks. <laughs> but Chip and Dale can jump up on top of an object and then pick it up and hold it above their head, carry it around, and then throw it at a bad guy. Uh-huh. We immediately figured out that you could pick up the other player and then carry them helplessly and throw them at a bad guy and kill them. <laughs> so, you can imagine that within the first like 10 minutes of playing this game led to a fist fight. <laughs> How often did you and your brother fight about video games? Like all the time. Like physically so, fight? <laughs> yeah, I mean not like <laughs> bruise each other's faces or anything. Imagine adult men fighting about just fighting sure, about video games. I'm, I'm sure they still do. Uh, we would We would rent a game. And then I would read the instruction booklet while I gave him the first turn. And that is usually what sparked some sort of fight because I would be reading like, well, you're supposed to do this or, you know, that's not the way you do it or you need to push this button. And then he would argue with me and, and it just escalated from there. I had sisters growing up. They did not play video games, but I still fought with them anyway. You know, when I, when I was real little, my sisters did play original Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. And I remember my oldest sister uh, got mad at me during one of those times. I actually don't remember this, but I've heard the story. Um, she got mad at me, grabbed me by the hair and ripped out a chunk of my hair. Wow. To where I had a bald spot. I ran crying to my mom and she started crying because she thought I had cancer. <laughs> Which obviously sounds stupid now, uh, but that is a true story, people. No, it would be very upsetting to look at your child's head and see a bald spot that, was, <laughs> that wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, when I was four years old, maybe I was three, maybe I was even younger. I don't remember when it was. I was very, very small. Uh, my mom said that I could speak in complete sentences and was even starting to read on my own, but I was still pooping my pants. So, she was afraid I might be like <laughs> mentally retarded or autistic or something. <laughs> to, to put a, to wrap up, to put a bow in a rampage. Oh, yeah. Uh, part of the appeal of that was when your giant ape or giant lizard monster uh, was finally defeated. Or giant rat. Yeah, or giant rat it, um, or wolf type thing. It um, morphed back into a naked human who, <laughs> right. who, sh- who shuffled off the screen in embarrassment. I remember that. Do you remember the devil episode too? Where, or where you'd go to hell and you could eat no. the devil? That must have been the Nintendo 64 version. I only played the version where you punched the buildings and ate people and stuff. Yeah, well, you did that on this too. But there was a level that took place in hell and you'd eat 
little devils instead of people. I love it. I, I would have had an, any idea that that's what's going on. I would have, I would have gotten on that game. Well, well, someday, someday, if you can finally figure out how to bathe yourself, you can come over to my house and we can play the Rampage on N64. You have a working Nintendo 64 Yeah, in your house? I have my 64 Super Nintendo and GameCube. I have all the old stuff, PlayStation 1. The only thing I lost bless. is the Nintendo Entertainment System. I don't know where that, what happened to that. I think I, I think I just learned to respect you. What happened? Everyone always tells me they don't have them anymore. What'd you do? Sell it? I don't know. I don't know. I, can't, I could not tell you what happened to any of those systems. I mean, I could tell you what happened to the ones that I owned as an adult. Like when I was done with my Xbox 360, I think I sold it or traded it in somewhere. Same thing with my PlayStation 3. But see, do you agree that with the Xbox is in particular and the newer PlayStations, there's not 20 years from now, there's not going to be the same level of nostalgia as we have now for the no. 90s stuff. And it, it's because the games are also like, it's all a series that carries from console to console. And it, like mo most of the big games now are, are available on both Xbox and PlayStation and sometimes the Switch as well. Yeah. There's just, yeah, some magic is lost there. But real quick, I have a um, vivid memory of this. When I was like six or seven or eight around there, uh, we had the Nintendo Entertainment System in my parents' bedroom upstairs in my house. And they had guys at that time that would come to your house and fix it. Kind of like the same way you'd call someone, a, a plumber now or an electrician. A Nintendo 64? No, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo Entertainment, the original Nintendo. What needed to be fixed on it? The games would not play. And I remember he came over and we'd tell him, oh, you know, we blow in the cartridge yeah. to do it. And he was like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. People always think you do that, but that actually gets moisture in there. Yeah. And from then on to this day, when someone, I see someone blowing it, I say, don't do that. But on the flip side, it almost always works <laughs> when I see someone do yeah, it. Yeah, no shit. Well, I'm not fucking spitting in it, dude. I can push air out of my mouth without also spitting all over it. It's, it's impossible to not have some moisture, I think, even a minute amount. Kind of like it's impossible for you to not leave a slime trail wherever your butt goes. Gross. Let's take a quick break. I promise it'll be quick, but we want to uh, read a few iTunes reviews mm -hmm. because on this show, we're all about the fans, Brandon. We have a lot of fans. Listeners. Inflatable fans and real. And when you rate and review us on iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts, no matter what that review says, we are going to read it on this show. And I have two I want to read real quick. The first one comes from the host of the This Myth Again podcast. Mm -hmm. They say... Fresh Hot Podcast. These guys took the idea of listing top 10s, mixed in the fun of a guessing game, added a sprinkle of comedy, then topped it with a heaping scoop of banter. Then they popped it in the oven and baked it at 350 and made an entertaining and interesting podcast. You might even say it's well done. <laughs> I loved that they stuck with a theme the whole time. Yeah, if only, if only you and I could keep a consistent theme. Mm -mm. That's the This Mythic End Podcast. I have one more here. That comes from the After the Snap pod and they say, this is a yes in all caps. Brandon, Nick, exclamation points on both of those. Change nothing. The <laughs> format is amazing. Keep the laughs coming. <laughs> it, does After the Snap refer to Avengers Infinity War? Let me look them up real quick. Uh, after the Snap is a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap and other depressing yeah. sci-fi stuff. 
Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. I've not listened to you yet after the snap, but I will do so. I'm writing it down. Yeah. In my Brandon's bullets. All right. Let's get back to the list. We got a long way to go here. Is, do I only have number three from the top 10? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, then let's get serious. PlayStation 2. Hang on. I wanted to ask you something before you said that. Okay. You said earlier you're pretty confident in what you think number one is. What did you think that was? I th- thought number one was Nintendo Entertainment System. No. Not even in the top 10. Get the fuck out of here. It's not. Nintendo? Not, there, there are no Nintendos in the top 10 that's not a handheld. That is shocking. Like, uh, it's just shocking to me. I told okay. you. PlayStation 2 is number one. And some of the facts on this are going to blow your ass away. I'm surprised it's number one. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like unreasonable or anything, but I'm already blown away. Let's, uh, let's keep blowing. PlayStation 2 came out in 2000. It was the follow-up to the PlayStation 1, obviously. It sold 155 million units. The PlayStation 2, which came out uh, around the same time as the GameCube, sold 155 million units. The GameCube sold 22 million. That's what? It's like four or five or six times as many as the GameCube? Yeah. Just insane. Came out in 2000. Starting price was 299 I don't think a PlayStation console has ever come out for less than $2.99 at launch. Mm-mm. So, here's some hashtag Nick's notes about this. Ultimately, the PlayStation 2's leg up on the competition was its sheer library size. The console produced well over 2,000 games, which I think is a record for a single console. Mm-hmm. The console also had backward compatible compatibility with most PlayStation 1 games, which was a very rare feature at the time. Yeah, I remember that. You mentioned DVDs. This was the first console to support DVDs. It would play DVDs and CDs. Right. Which in addition to enabling games with larger assets compared to the N64, for example, it allowed the PS2 to play DVD movies. This is what blew me away the most. PlayStation 2 was in production until 2013. That's a 13-year lifespan and it was still being produced even after the PlayStation 3 and 4 had been released. Where was it produced at? I don't know. Like developing countries? Don't know. They still manufactured the PlayStation 2. I don't know. That's all. I just, I didn't look into it. That's what the note said from GameSpot.com. But I believe it because I remember seeing PlayStation 2 games come out well after the PS3 had come out. Interesting. I don't remember that. I'm I'm positive you're right. But yeah, uh, well, you did blow me out of the water. I knew the PS2 was successful, but I never would have thought it did better than some of the Nintendo consoles. Finishing out the PlayStation 2 here, it competed against the Sega Dreamcast, the GameCube, and the Xbox. Notable games, Final Fantasy X, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, Twisted Metal Black, uh, Silent Hill, Jack and Daxter. (laughs) I never played that, but I remember the commercials. Ratchet and Clank, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, God of War 1 and 2, Gran Turismo 3, and my favorite game was Twisted Metal Black. I didn't know that God of War went back that far. You learn something new every time with Nick's notes. Hashtag. Every time you open your mouth, yeah. I did not own a PlayStation 2. Again, it came out during the lean years when I was uh, trying to get through college. But I did play quite a bit of it at the mercy of a roommate who owned one. (laughs) Poor thing. As I mentioned before, it's where I was introduced to the Grand Theft Auto universe with Vice City. Yeah, I played Grand Theft Auto 2. On, I think it came out on PlayStation 1, but I played it on the PS2. I love that game. And even though I loved it, I never played any Grand Theft Auto after that. I don't know why. 
Were there prostitutes in, or sorry, sex workers in the- In my house? Overhead view oh, oh, versions? Not that I recall, but I was also like 10 when I played it, so I might not have caught on. You might not have recognized a, a woman plying her trade. Well, if there was, then there definitely wasn't scenes about it, you know, cutscenes or anything like that. Ooh, those hot cutscenes. Yeah. Well, in the interest of time, I'm just going to tell you 21 through 25. Okay. 25 is the TurboGrafx-16. 24 is the Master System. You ever played that? Never heard of it. Me either. 23 is the PlayStation Vita. Oh, God. I barely remember that. That was handheld, right? Yeah. It came out in 2011, which not that long ago. 22 is the Sega Game Gear, which again, I, I played that more than the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. 21 is the Wii U, which was Nintendo's follow-up to the very successful Wii. It was considered a disappointment. Um, I thought it had a lot of good games on it. I was going to say it wasn't a disappointment at your house. No, I love the I love the Wii U. But I get, you know, the, the, they say that it had a lot of confusion in the market because most people assumed it was an addition to the Wii instead of a separate console. It does sound that way. Yeah. I think it was just a mistake in marketing. But so, that's 20 through 25. I'm also going to tell you some well-known consoles that did not crack the top 25. The Sega Dreamcast, mm-hmm. the Sega Saturn. I owned both of those. I, I did sell the Saturn, I think. It's one of the few I did sell, but I played Croc on that. And then the Super NES Classic and the NES Classic both did not make the top 25. That just, I mean, it just blows my mind. Growing up, I didn't know anybody who didn't have a Nintendo Entertainment System in their no, no, house. No, 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 no. When I say that, it's the classic version that Nintendo released a few years ago. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two were close to the top 25 but did not make the top 25. The, the actual Super Nintendo and the actual NES did make the top 25. Uh, well, then let me... Uh, Why don't you guess what's, where Super Nintendo is? Number five. 13. God bless. Crazy, right? The Super Nintendo came out in 1990, two years after its main competitor, the Sega Genesis. Uh, it sold 49 million units compared to the Genesis 33 million. And its starting price, what do you think? I mean, it had to be like 200 bucks. 199. Super Nintendo, along with the N64, what I most associate my childhood years with. Popular games included Super Metroid, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Final Fantasy VI, the Donkey Kong Country series, Super Mario World, Star Fox, Mega Man 10 or X, uh, Super Mario Kart, F-Zero and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, uh, I had heard what a great game Chrono Trigger was. So, it's one of the Super Nintendo games that I have on the RetroPie. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's age or whatever, but I can't get into it. Yeah, I always hear people talk about it. I've never played it. Uh, well, it's over here, ready to go. What are your favorite Super Nintendo games? Again, I did not have a Super Nintendo when they came out. Uh, so, my f- favorite games are ones I've discovered within the last year or so of playing on RetroPie, but uh, Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I think the original Mario Kart on Super Nintendo is harder than the more recent ones, more difficult. It is pretty hard. Yeah. Super Mario World, I am currently having a very tough time with because fairly early in the game, there is a level where you start out, you're in this kind of like an indoor or underground area and the platform that you're walking on, if you stand in the same spot for too long, the little pieces shake and then fall. And there's also fireballs and then there is a type of... Koopa turtle that it has a wizard hat on uh-huh. and he can just appear anywhere. Uh, what's that thing's name? 
he, I think it's a she. Like a fucking sorcerer. Yeah, they, they, it's a mainstay in Mario games from there on out. Yeah. Um, and then these little magic- Kamek? Kamek? Magic things fly at you and hit you. So, that's more, more difficult enough. And then once you get past, there's like a, a swimming area and you have to jump up, hit something and get that, you know that button with a big P on it? Yeah. You have to jump up, get that, hold on to it, still avoiding the wizard guy and then take it over to an area where you can hit it and get through the correct door. Hit it and quit it. Uh, there's no secret. There's no trick to it. You just have to do it and I can't do it. You know what game you'd like is um, Super Mario Maker. Oh, uh, where you can make your own levels? It's pretty wide open on what you can create and they're making another one for the Switch if you need a reason to get a Switch, which you do. Working on it all the time. Your wife's inflatable, just deflate her for a few days so she doesn't know you got it and then reinflate her after it's in your house already and then have sex with her. <laughs> How many times do you think Peach has gone behind Mario's back with Luigi? I always thought it would have been Toad. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. always hanging around. Yeah. And he's got his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you got a good point. Um, and we know she's done it with Bowser several times by now. She can't seem to keep herself from getting Bowsered every once in a while. Oh boy. So, Super Nintendo, what about the NES? Do you think that sold more or less than the Super Nintendo? Oh, actually, before we do that, my favorite games on the Super Nintendo, Super mm -hmm. Mario World, NBA Jam. Yes. Two games we have not mentioned, Primal Rage, which was one of those games I begged my parents for. They got it for me and I played it religiously. I remember that. It's fighting dinosaurs, right? Oh, yeah. And apes. <laughs> and then Yoshi's Island. Did you ever play that? It's when you were a bunch of Yoshis and you would, um, you had to carry baby Mario around. Yeah, I have it. And if he fell, he cried. Yeah. I have it. That's a great game too. Yeah, let's go back to NES. More or less than Super Nintendo, you think? I'm going to guess more. Super Nintendo is number 13 and NES is number 12. So, they're close. Yeah. So, the Super Nintendo came out in 1990. It sold 49 million units. The Nintendo Entertainment System, which I to this day have always called the regular Nintendo, came out in 1983 and 62 million units. So, about 13 million more than the Super Nintendo and it also came out at a starting price of 199. I did not know it came out in 1983. I did not see it. Until I was in, I remember I was in second grade. I was over at a friend's house and he was like, check out this shit. <laughs> and he whipped out his dick. He fired up Super Mario Brothers and I was flabbergasted. I had seen, you know, video game systems in the house before, but they were crappy. They were Ataris and whatever that kid Elliot had, Commodore 64. And of course, arcade games were just. You know, they were full color and they had more dynamic images, but they were an arcade game. How am I going to get that in my house? And he just pushed this button and this little red light lit up. Then it was a full color game uh, and it was surprisingly easy. That first level is designed, you know, to teach you how to control Mario, what Mario can do. And after running through that level a couple times, I was, I had an itch <laughs> that, <laughs> that only Nintendo could scratch. It's a shame you betrayed Nintendo after the N64 and never played it again. So, the itch must not have been that great. <laughs> the NES helped pull the North American video game industry out of a two-year crash and was a big success. The system sold more than uh, 62 million units and was bolstered by notable games like The Legend of Zelda and the Super Mario Brothers series. It sold much more than the Atari and the Sega Master System. Yeah, that's the NES. My favorite game was Kirby's Adventure. 
We've got those Kirby games on the RetroPie. Those are fun. My favorite game on the NES was Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, yeah. That, that actually probably is my favorite. There's just a lot of levels, a lot of little hints and tricks. Stands up to this day. I've played it within the last year. There was also Baby Donkey Kong on there. <laughs> Let's round out the top 20 here. Okay. Do you want me to just tell them to you? Yeah, please. So, number 20, which we have already talked about, was the GameCube. Number 19 was the Xbox. Was a direct competitor with the GameCube. Came out in 2001. Again, I can't believe it. That It's that low? I mean, I believe it, but I would have guessed it was in the top 10. The top 10 is dominated by one console maker. So, the Xbox released in 01. It sold 24 million units, had a starting price of 300. And this is what I found very interesting. It was sold at a loss uh, and greatly fell short of matching the sales of the PS2, which again was is the number one on this list with 155 million units. So, again, GameCube, 22 million. Xbox, 24 million. PS2, 155 million. It just blows my mind. But compared to the competition, the Xbox became a haven for more Western games and first-person shooters, the latter of which were relatively rare yeah. for consoles at the time. Halo. Yes. The house that Halo built. Yep. Uh, I never owned an Xbox. I did own an Xbox. I'm not like, uh, you know, married to Xbox versus PlayStation, but I, I did own an Xbox, Xbox 360, and now I use an Xbox One. I do have an Xbox One. Uh, but I did have a PlayStation 3. So, in between, I did switch and I loved the PlayStation 3. And there are times when I wished I had picked a PlayStation 4, such as when the recent Spider-Man video game was released exclusively to PlayStation 4. Huh. It's an amazing game or looking game. I don't know. I haven't touched it. It's a huge uh, open world sandbox Spider-Man game that looks incredible. It's the first worldiest of first world problems is that I have an expensive gaming system, but I can't play my favorite Spider-Man game on it. The Xbox One, which I do own, is number 14 on the list. God. Low for you? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> my, I'm not like upset that my guesses are wrong. I'm just constantly surprised. Remember at the top of this show, let's play a quote from you. You said, I have a really good idea of what's in the top 10. Yeah, my, my ideas were shit. <laughs> Xbox One came out in 2013. It is impressive though that it sold 39 million units already since then. Uh, it had a starting price of $4.99, which is the second most expensive launch price of any console ever. It's competing currently with the PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch. My favorite game on the Xbox One is Fallout 4 and I know yours is Skyrim. I love Fallout 4. Uh, Skyrim is probably still my top. Or Red Dead. Do you like Red Dead more? Red Dead Redemption 2 is sneaking up there but I think in terms of long-term playability, uh, Skyrim will probably edge it out. And now that I have a Wii One playing games with me, I've gotten more into the Lego games and I got to say my favorite Lego video game to date. Roger Rabbit? Was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Isn't it weird how there's like this whole Lego side universe in video games that is so popular? The Lego games are fun like if you're into, I mean, they're kind of puzzle based. It's more for someone who's interested in like collecting all the different, someone who likes to complete, collect, you know, the different characters or something but... For a six-year-old, it's one of the few games that does not involve cutting off someone's head or... Uh, there was no head cutting off 
on Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, there's a lot of head cutting off in the games uh, that I play, but the Lego games are fairly inoffensive. Isn't it funny that the early consoles, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, very much targeted toward kids? And now the consoles are mostly targeted toward young adults. Yeah, those kids grew up. But yeah, because I'm the one with the money now. So, you, you said that you were left off on Xbox One where it was ranked? Uh, 14. Okay. Uh, we passed 16, which is the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Okay. Low for you again? Again, I'm crossing, yeah. crossing ones off my list. Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's latest console. It's their big comeback from the disappointing Wii U. Came out in 2017. It sold 32 million units. It's already passed. It's already surpassed the GameCube, the Wii U, and the N64. Oh, sorry. It's right behind the N64. But it has a launch price of $299. Uh, its main feature is that it's portable and TV connected seamlessly. And it does work very well for me so far. Um, it's competing against the Xbox One and the PS4, which have both outsold it. Notable games, Super Mario Odyssey, which is really good. Splatoon 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Pokemon Let's Go. But my favorite game on the Switch is Breath of the Wild and also Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. What is Breath of the Wild? Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh. Yeah, it looks really good. I think that like it's like one of the largest worlds in a game. Uh, I would love to get a Switch. I don't know when that's going to happen, but... Today. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, I could go do that. Isn't that weird? As an adult, you could like... While your family's not home, you could <laughs> technically go out and buy an extremely expensive toy. Go get one. I'll play with you. So, I have to ask, have you used the Switch portably? Yeah, all the time. You take it with you when you... Or not even like if I leave the house, but if I want to play it in bed. And it's cool because it really is seamless. You could switch it between portable and TV mode in like a second. Right. Nuts. We've got... 11 through 25, with one exception, and that's number 11, which is the Nintendo 3DS. God damn it. That's the next one I was asking. I'll, I'll, we'll get back to guessing for the top 10. All right. Um, but the Nintendo 3DS was released in 2011 and they still have not followed up on it yet. I mean, they've come out with different versions of the 3DS, but they have not come out with the next generation yet. Right. It's very successful. It's sold 75 million units. It's sold more than the GameCube, the Wii U, the Switch, the N64. It started at $249 as a price point. It was a follow-up to the Nintendo DS, which we have not got to yet. It was backwards compatible and pushed stereoscopic 3D without requiring users to wear glasses. And thank God for that because can you imagine having to wear glasses every time you wanted to play? We'd look like you. <laughs> I do have to wear glasses every time I play. You'd be doubling up on glasses. Let's see. Popular games, Pokemon X and Y, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Mario Kart 7, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Whatever. New Super Smash Bros. 2, Super Mario 3D Land, Animal Crossing New Leaf, and my favorite, which I already said, Pokemon X. I thought it was really driven by a lot of Pokemon games. It is, yeah. Okay, well, so you, you got everything up to us to 11. I've guessed number three is Game Boy and I've got number one, the PlayStation 2. Uh, I have to guess that the Nintendo DS is in the top 10. Yeah. Where do you think it is? 10. Two. Fuck. God, you suck. <laughs> it's, all, it's only 1 million behind the PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2, number one, has sold 155 million. Number two, the Nintendo DS has sold 154 million. 
They're still making games for it too, right? I think so. I never had a DS. I have a 3DS but I never played the DS. So, right now if I... Can I buy new 3DS and new DS games? Yeah. But the DS games will play on the 3DS. Okay. And the difference, I mean, it's literally just the graphics like... Yeah, but but there are more games. There's more new games on the 3DS than the DS. For example, a lot of... So, some of these you can get on the DS, some you can't. Super Mario 64 DS, which is literally the N64 game just (gasps) on a handheld. Ah, ah. Diddy Kong Racing, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, Pokemon Platinum, New Super Mario Brothers, Mario Kart DS, the, The World Ends With You, The Legend of Zelda, The Phantom Hourglass, Animal Crossing, Wild World. So, the DS features dual LCD screens with a clamshell design. The bottom screen acts as a touch screen. And despite facing formidable competition from the Sony and its PSP, the Nintendo DS managed to sell over 154 million units, making it the best-selling handheld system to date. Nintendo DS. Yep. So, you have one, two, three, and you're missing everything else in the top ten. Okay. Well, just by process of elimination, it appears that the Sony PlayStation series has to take... I'm guessing that the PlayStations 1, 3, and 4 mm-hmm. are all in the top 10 somewhere. Yeah. So, rank them. What do you think is highest? So, I'm going to guess PlayStation 3 is the highest? Nope. PlayStation 1. PlayStation 3 is the lowest and PlayStation 1 is the highest. PlayStation 1 is number 4. Got it. It was released in 1994, so two years ahead of the N64, which surprised me. Where did they where did they release at? Because when I was 12 years old and they said they said the PlayStation 1 this new video game system was coming out, I think I would have heard about it. But I'm not like denying it, but did they come out in Japan for yeah, like yeah, yeah. 3 years before they made it to the US? Well, I don't think 3 years, but in many cases it was like 6 months or something before the US. So it might have spilled into 95 or something for the US. You know, I remember just on the subject of Japan being ahead of gaming trends, I remember when the movie Lost in Translation. Have you seen Lost in Translation? No, but I know what it is. Okay. It takes place in Tokyo. I think it came out in 2003 or 2004. And in that, uh, she walks through an arcade and there are some kids or young people playing what looks like Guitar Hero. And I remember at the time thinking like, what the hell kind of game is this? They're like <laughs> pushing these buttons, they're pretending to play a guitar. You sounded like Frank Costanza saying, you saying you want a piece of me? What the hell is this? <laughs> I said, what the hell is this? And then a couple years later, Guitar Hero 3 is one of the most popular games in America. Yeah, maybe. That popularity quickly waned. But yeah, I originally saw it in Japan and was like, well, that'll never catch on here. <laughs> Well, much like you're guessing on this list, you were way off. No shit. PlayStation 1 released in 94, 103 million units, started at 299. The catalyst for the console actually spawned from a failed partnership with Nintendo. Sony was in talks with building an add-on for the Super Nintendo, which Nintendo didn't, you know, that didn't work out. So, play, so Sony just said, we'll make our own console, which was a great idea <laughs> since it's done very well. Probably one of the major things that have saved or propelled Sony. Yeah. I would love to see their their breakdown of business, which I'm sure is available since they're a public company. <laughs> Do you remember a few years ago, somebody hacked all those emails from Sony? Oh, yeah. Uh, you could probably find out. I'll get on that. The PlayStation 1 was the first video game console to ship more than 100 million units. And it also played a pivotal role in transitioning the gaming industry away from 2D graphics to real-time 3D rendering. Hell yeah. Its use of the compact disc 
You know something about compact discs, don't you, Brandon? Also allowed it to push high-fidelity full-motion video, something the competing N64 struggled to do with its space-limited cartridges. Notable PlayStation games. Resident Evil series, the Tekken series, Dead or Alive, Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I actually played a lot of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And say I that's that's one even even though I did not own or play a PlayStation 1, I I know of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I used to think being a skater was the coolest thing and I'd lie to my friends and say, I used to be a skater. I told them I got second place in a skateboarding competition, which is not true. Wait, if you're gonna make up a lie, why do we <laughs> Why did you only give yourself second place? Because I thought first place would be too unbelievable. <laughs> it's a true story that I I was like second grade. Did you? Okay, second grade. I was going to... I owned a skateboard and if people came over and said they wanted to see me on it, I'd say it now. I'm not in the mood right now. <laughs> I kept up that I, facade for a while. I did too many ollies earlier. My, my feet <laughs> are tired. I did own a skateboard but I did not know how to use it. I was shit at the skateboard. The last time I rode my skateboard... I ended up sliding down the driveway on my face. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my virginity on a skateboard. That's not true. So, the PlayStation also had Spyro the Dragon, Pa Rappa the Rapper. I remember that. My favorite game on the PlayStation, which is also one of my favorite games ever, which I mentioned on our Q&A episode, Team Buddies. And by the way, I I still own it, but I looked it up out of curiosity. That game's selling for over $200 on eBay and shit. If uh, times get tough, you know, you could always hawk some of your old games for a pretty penny. I don't think I ever will. I wouldn't either. I'm saying this, I've just sort of kicked myself for like, well, why didn't we just stick those in a box somewhere? I mean, we surely didn't get anything for them. 20 years from now, if you try to sell the Xbox One, I don't think it's going to be as valuable. No, because I think because consoles are now essentially a... CPU that is designed right. to play v- very specific uh, propri- proprietary games. All right, so PlayStation was number four. PlayStation 4 is number six. That's surprising considering it just came out. 2013. Yeah, it is impressive. Oh, fuck. 2013 is when the PlayStation 4 was released? Do you got a hearing problem? What I know, but I'm just like, I swear it was like three years ago. 2013. All right. It's sold 94 million units since 2013, which is incredible. It started at 399. It competes against the Switch, the Wii U, popular games Kingdom Hearts 3, Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, Resident Evil 2, Grand Theft Auto 5. And I have never played a PlayStation 4. I've never even held a controller in my hand. Same here. I've not touched the PlayStation 4 and... I've held a lot of things in my hand, including today, including during recording this show. I've held a lot of things in my hand, Brandon. A lot of things, but not a PlayStation 4 controller. I want to play that Spider-Man game. All right. And then the PlayStation 3 is number eight. It was released in 2006. sold 84 million units. It started... This was the most expensive console ever released. It had a $599 price tag for the 60 gigabyte version, $499 for the 20 gig. Yeah. And it was the first console to have a Blu-ray drive. And listen to this. According to this blog on GameSpot.com, the PlayStation 3, which could play Blu-rays, was priced at about the same... It was priced cheaper than most standalone Blu-ray players when it launched. (laughs) Which you can now buy for 20 bucks. Yeah, isn't... God, just crazy. And this was, I didn't know this, but the CPU was controversial among developers for how difficult it was to program. Uh, did not know that. 
And PS3 was the first PlayStation system to support HDMI and 1080p output. Yeah, I, I did switch over from Xbox to PlayStation 3. I, I mean, now that I'm, you know, hearing these facts about it, I'm like, God damn, I paid $500 for 20 gigabyte of space. But the experience itself, the gaming system and the games that I played on it were all were all stellar. I don't, I don't have anything against uh, the PlayStation systems. For instance, when I was choosing between a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, I had... <laughs> Have, have two friends, <laughs> have two friends, <laughs> I have two friends who play video games like regularly and they were both Xbox One owners. And then since then, uh, one friend has switched over to the PlayStation 4 and the other is screwing around on this Switch thing all the time. You got to get yourself a Switch. Do you remember how huge and bulky the PlayStation 3 was? The original? Because they came out with a slim version. But when it first came out, it was huge. Remember? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the same same size or similar size to how big my Xbox One is now. Or how big your butt is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like you have a big fat Blu-ray DVD combo thing in your entertainment center. We're not done with PlayStation. They actually have one more entry on this list. It's got to be the PSP. PlayStation Portable, number nine, which is higher than the 3DS and another Game Boy that we haven't talked about. PlayStation Portable came out in 04. It sold 82 million units, only 2 million behind the PlayStation 3. It had a starting price of 249. And in fact, other than the PlayStation Vita, PlayStation has never released a console, handheld or otherwise, that did not make the top 10. It featured multimedia capabilities with online connectivity. Uh, it was also the first and last handheld to use optical discs. Aha, I was going to say there, I, I knew there was a reason why the PSP as a handheld was huge because couldn't you also, yes, they used to make movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the PlayStation, for PlayStation Portable. Portable. Yeah. For like three weeks in uh, the year like 2008, I think, I um, helped out my friend who's the manager at a GameStop store. That was where my sort of introduction some of the like the PSP and the 3DS and the uh, DS that's where most of my knowledge of those comes from. Mm-hmm. And I do remember being like, it's nuts that this little game system has these special little movies just for it. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't think that would work based on Nintendo's screw up with the uh, GameCube in those tiny discs. You'd think that they would have tried to avoid that, but yeah, whatever it worked but out. But the GameCube was a full powered TV console using tiny discs and this was a portable small console. You have less expectations, right? On a handheld. Got to be a tiny disc. Just also interesting that it spun a tiny disc in your hand. Mm -hmm. Back when you used to have a CD, like a handheld portable CD player, (laughs) they skipped all the time. That's why it was a big deal to have electronic skip protection. Just interesting that the PSP, despite having a spinning disc inside, didn't seem to suffer those same issues. Speaking of suffering, the biggest competition for the PlayStation Portable was the Nintendo DS, which was number two on this list. Mm -hmm. Also, competition was. Uh, your dick, which is also portable and can be played anywhere. But it, sh- it shouldn't be. And you can also put little round discs on it. Uh, number 10 is the Game Boy Advance. Okay, I had completely forgotten about the Game Boy Advance. I, I never hear people talk about the Advance, but I had one and I played, I bet I played the Game Boy Advance more than I played my 3DS and I still own both. What was the difference between the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy and the, th- and the DS? So, the DS has two screens and a touch right. screen. The Advance has one screen uh, and it's, it's a wide screen. 
I remember. It was the biggest handheld screen up to this point. Okay. It was released in 2001 at a starting price of only $99, which just sounds insane now. It sold 82 million units, so it's like less than a million away from the PSP. Was it color? I have to assume it was color. Yeah, yeah, it's color. It had better graphics too than the Game Boy Color, which was its predecessor. 32-bit, it was roughly as powerful as the Super Nintendo and had backwards compatibility with the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. A lot of good games on that. Uh, Pokemon Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby Sapphire, Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, Final Fantasy VI Advance, Super Mario Advance. Uh, but my favorite games were Godzilla Domination. <laughs> it was basically... <laughs> Domination has an exclamation point on it. Domination! Godzilla Domination was basically Super Smash Brothers with Godzilla characters. It's actually really fun. I'm looking it up right now. And Bomberman Tournament. Bomberman Tournament was like a Pokemon game for Bomberman. You collected little creatures. <laughs> Here's the... <laughs> Here's the cover image for Godzilla Domination with an exclamation part. It's rated E for everybody. Mm -hmm. And on the cover, it features Godzilla with extremely human-like arms and his uh, spikes on his back are all lit up, glowing, fiery. And he has just delivered a haymaker to what I have to guess is Mecha, Mecha Godzilla. I see a flying saucer in the background and military helicopters, a tank in the foreground. Like, this game actually does look really badass. Yeah, and the battle maps were really big. It's not like Primal Rage where you're on a small little battle or Mortal Kombat. I'm looking at them now. Yeah, you Godzilla really dominates the landscape. The tallest buildings seem to come about to his waist and he is... To his butt. He is yoked. This Godzilla is on steroids. His quads are bursting out of his lizard-like skin. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, Jeff Bezos in, as a lizard person. <laughs> Man, I wish some of these screenshots were larger. This game does look fun. Now, you got to get a Switch and a Game Boy Advance. We only have two left. Number five and number seven and we're out. I'm out of PlayStations. Mm -hmm. uh, wait, what about the Xbox 360? Yeah. Do you think that's five or seven? I'm guessing five. <laughs> you can't even get that right. It's seven. <laughs> okay, three, six, Xbox 360 is number seven. And I have a lot of fun facts on this. Xbox 360 number seven is released in 05, sold 84 million units, just barely edged out the PlayStation 3, which was its, a direct competitor of it, as well as the number five on this list. It had a starting price of 300 for the core model and $400 for the 20 gigabyte model. Uh, it's Microsoft's best-selling system to date. It's only entry in the top 10. The Xbox 360, I very much associate with my teen years and high school years. I never had one, but every single friend I knew had one. And I resented the Xbox 360 because at this time, I had kind of grown out of video games and I wanted to go do shit. Uh, and my friends wanted to play <laughs> fucking Halo. And every hangout was a Halo party. And I'm like, can we go toilet papering or something? I mean, I had an X, a 360 and I liked it, uh, but... Yeah, when it comes to like a Halo party versus TP in, I'll take TP any day. So, the 360 eventually became a popular living room entertainment center, supported streaming services like Netflix, supported CDs, DVDs, and the now defunct HD DVDs. Do you remember that? Oh, when wasn't there a, a, a brief struggle between HD DVD and Blu-ray player? Yeah. Yeah, HD DVD is long forgotten. Tell me if you remember this. Early models of the Xbox 360 were plagued by what gamers would refer to as the red ring the of red death. The red ring of death, yeah. I never got the red ring. A red LED ring would appear on the console to signal an overheating issue. 
It was such a pervasive problem that it ended up destroying systems. Users ended up coming up with ridiculous fixes that included baking the console's motherboard and ovens. This pushed Microsoft to spend over a billion dollars to extend the console's warranty by three years. Jeez. Yeah, I kind of remember that if you got the red ring of death, it wasn't the end of the world for you, but it was probably the end of the world for that particular 360 unit and you could get it replaced. I, I want to say, I, I mean, if not for free, for a reasonable cost. I was fortunate enough not to have, not to have that issue. I did play the hell out of that 360 and because the Microsoft Store now offers some of those games as forward compatible with the Xbox One, I've revisited some of them such as the first Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Revolver, I guess is the first in the series and Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. That's also the system I played Guitar Hero 3 on when that was popular uh-huh. and it's also the system I had when Grand Theft Auto 4 came out, Yeah, which uh, you may remember is the one that took us back to Liberty City. Of course. I have an Xbox 360 story. I have a very good friend who is a listener of the show and I will not name him by name, but he will know who he is, who was so into... All my friends were into the Halo series. Uh, I was like the only one that wasn't. Yeah. And he would get so frustrated at Halo that one time he ejected the disc from the console. (laughs) I like where this is going already. He went, grabbed a pair of scissors and snipped the disc into a million little pieces to show it how angry he was at it. And what I love about the story... (laughs) $60 game. (laughs) He ended up going and buying another copy of it so he could play some more. He was so mad and he had such a sustained anger that he was able to take several minutes to snip it up. (laughs) And I just imagine him cussing at it with every snip. Yeah, that's my Xbox 360 story. A mistake that I could have just as easily made. Halo games are, uh, yeah, incredibly frustrating. I'm not good at them at all. I'm not good against other human players. I always played them on easy and I don't, I have no shame about it. Yeah. Well, I hope you were better at those than you are at sidekick hosting a podcast. Last entry on this list and then we can finally be done. I'm really surprised you have not brought this up yet. Is it a really obvious one? Yes. Is it the Xbox One? No. Come on. It's the best selling TV console for Nintendo ever. The Nintendo Entertainment System? The Wii. Oh, the Wii. I forgot about it's on my list, but for some reason I must have crossed it out. I got confused because or something. Because the Wii U, you and all the other people that didn't buy a Wii U. Yeah, I'm also one of the only people who did not purchase a Wii. I played it, but yeah, the Wii was revolutionary. It came out in 2006. It outsold the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 with 102 million units sold. Had a starting price of 250. I remember the Wii being sold out on shelves for months. Yeah, and we could not find one. Because we we were look we'd go to Best Buy and Walmart every few weeks and look for them. They just did not have them, which I've since learned is a strategic move on Nintendo's part to give the illusion of such high demand. It worked. Yep. So the Wii popularized motion controls. Yep. Uh, the company believed there wasn't enough room for three consoles vying for top tier processing power, referring to the 360 and the PS3. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo attempted to cast a wider net and marketed the Wii toward a more casual audience, uh, which definitely paid off. Not only did Nintendo buck its downward console trend with its last two consoles, the N64 and GameCube. It's funny because I think people forget that the N64 was considered kind of a disappointment for Nintendo. Yeah. But it was. The Wii reversed that trend and it was Nintendo's first console to support backwards compatibility with the GameCube. You could play GameCube games on it. And also the the Wii 
shopping channel, you could buy old games through that. Yeah. I did uh, borrow one for a while. I can't remember what the situation was, but I did have one in my house for a while and yeah, bought some of those old games and felt good about it. That was a really smart decision on their part to realize we're not going to compete with the high-end graphics and the processing, but we can come up with something that everyone from three years old to, you know, nearly on their deathbed can play. Dead people can play too. Well, pick up a controller and without being a quote-unquote gamer, be able to play that bowling game or that tennis game, the Wii Sports game. It was one of the few games I played on it, but I loved that Wii Sports game because anybody could pick it up and start having a good time with it. It was a true part. It was a party machine. (sighs) Party machine. Uh, my favorite games on the Wii were Super Mario Galaxy, which if you love Mario 64, you'd love that game. Super Paper Mario and Battalion Wars 2. Italian Wars? Battalion Wars 2. I've never heard anyone mention that game, but I don't even remember how I found it. I found it and I loved it. And it was one of the, uh, the only um, Wii games that I played online and you could play against other players. Fun game. I'm looking up Battalion Wars 2 because I've never heard of it. It's like a swarm game where you control a whole unit. And you can uh-huh. rotate from person to person, set them up in stations. Um, I see. You got tanks and stuff. Yeah. I still own it. Still have my Wii. And there's some little soldier boys. Superman that ho. What? What does that mean? That's a line from the song uh, Soldier Boy or his song Soldier Boy. Oh. Wasn't the song called Superman? Anyway, we did it. This is our <laughs> longest episode to date, but we have gone through it. God bless. Let's go through it again. Top 25. Here we go. 25, TurboGrafx-16, 24, the Master System, 23, PlayStation Vita, 22, Sega Game Gear, 21, Wii U, 20, GameCube, 19, Xbox, 18, Atari 2600, 17, Sega Genesis, 16, Nintendo Switch, 15, Nintendo 64, 14, Xbox One, 13, Super Nintendo, 12, Nintendo Entertainment System, 11, Nintendo 3DS, 10, Game Boy Advance. I'm really shocked Game Boy Advance sold more than the 3DS. 9, PlayStation Portable, 8, PlayStation 3, 7, Xbox 360, 6, PlayStation 4, 5, the Wii, 4, PS1, 3, combo of Game Boy and Game Boy Color, 2, Nintendo DS, and 1, the PlayStation 2. Whew. God bless us. I deserve a smoke after that. Hey, I just found out that our beloved Game Gear owes a lot of its success or creation to the Master System, Sega Master System. Because I looked up Master System, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And uh, it looks like it was a competitor to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Anyway, I guess the work done on that was transferred over to the Sega Game Gear. I wish Sega would make another console, but I know they won't. They're making games, right? Yeah, they, they're a publisher now. Um, before, before we end, I did ask on Twitter. So, you can follow us on Twitter at TennisPod. That's one zero I-S-H-P-O-D. You can also follow us at TennisPod on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's where we ask questions like this. I asked, what's your favorite video game console ever? Got some responses. So, I responded and I said, the GameCube is my number one. The GameTel5 podcast at GameTel5, they are torn between the GameCube and the PS1. The BitGeek podcast said the original Nintendo Entertainment System 
They said, after Atari killed the market, Nintendo had to include a toy robot and make it look like a VCR to get it on shelves, but its impact on culture cannot be overstated. Quality controlled games, the D-pad, Nintendo Power, the Wizard, and that little plumber guy. Those are all great great points for the NES. The Wizard. Do you, you don't remember that movie? No. Do you know anything about it? No. Uh, the Wizard, I can't remember what year it came out. It had to be 87 or 88. Fred Savage uh, was in it and his younger brother... I can't, his younger brother might have had maybe a mental health issue or something, but it, at the very least, his brother was extremely shy, but he was, he was the wizard. He could play the shit out of a video game. <laughs> it's kind of like a, like a road trip journey movie. At some point in the movie, they meet a kid who has the power glove and it was like the first time a lot of us were introduced to the Nintendo power glove. Mm-hmm. And this kid seemed like a badass because <laughs> of this thing. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, in the final competition, they were, if I remember right, the wizard and like the other, his arch nemesis in the video game competition were allowed to play Super Mario Brothers 3 before it ever came out. In that movie, this kid, the wizard, who never played this game before, knew in the third level of World 1 to go and duck down on that white floating block until he dropped down behind the scenery and could run yeah. uh, into the first, it's not a warp zone, but it's the first secret room holding uh, the first whistle. I love how they used to hide those things in games like that. Yeah, that was really cool. But that movie, if you didn't know that trick before, that movie told, told everybody about it. And it was pretty mind-blowing at the time. Okay. <laughs> we have one, one more response here from Fiery Paper Mario on Twitter, which I love your username. Uh, he said the Super Nintendo is his choice. So, we got a lot of Nintendo representation. So, my favorite video game system of all time, probably a tie between the Nintendo Entertainment System for the same reason most people have said here before for the amount of nostalgia and time I spent in my childhood playing it. But then, this is going to be kind of lame, but then also just the Xbox One because that's the one I have right now. It holds the most like immersive and visually appealing games that I've ever played. Just because it's got games like Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption 2 that look yeah. beautiful and are immersive. You can play the hell out of them. How many times have you had sex with your video game systems? <laughs> I mean... It's just us here. None. We don't have any listeners at this point. Just tell me. I need that. I guess I need that power glove. <laughs> <sighs> Man, I'm exhausted. Me too. I'm ready to go play some video games. Yep. So, buy that Switch. Buy that Game Boy Advance. This has been the Tennis Podcast. If you're still with us, congratulations and kudos. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a whole new top tennis list. Hell yeah. Adios. Thanks. <laughs>